Jason. Nick. We're recording this mere minutes before I have to post this onto uh, uh, the old the old podcast uh, maker. It, before I cram the podcast VHS tape into the box and send it out into the world. Down up in there. Yeah, minutes, minutes, which means we need to make every single interaction a solid gold bar of comic book knowledge. All killer, no filler. With that in mind, Jason, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Hit me with a little, little, little comic book gold, a little taste. Just all killer, no filler. Comic book gold. What do you got for me? Fantagraphics comic books was started uh, after uh, Kim and Gary who were publishing the comics journal and people found the reviews so mean that they were like, well, why don't you publish your own comic books if you know so much about it? And so they proceeded to publish eight ball, love and rockets, Acme novelty library, you know, on and on and on and on. That's one of my favorite comic book facts. I like that fact, especially that is comic book gold, by the way, that is comic book. Gold. Thank you. Thank you. I love that fact, by the way, because. I feel like so many comics, it, it, there's a fundamental DNA to all comic books, and that is, I'm going to make this to spite you. Like, <laughs> it's spite-based comic book making, and it, it is a rich tradition. Yeah, yeah, comics seem to attract uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of angry people who decide to take their anger out on uh, panels and Right, ink. yeah, T- take matters <laughs> into their own hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the World's Second Finest Podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures, issue 17, came out February 1994. They teased Ra's al issue with the romance of Talia in issue 13, and the issue 14 Bruce mentions he's working on a, on the microfilm that he recovered from issue 13. Well, it's all led to this. Jason, what'd you think of issue 17? I loved it. I yeah. loved it. The more the the more adventure they get in Batman Adventures, the more they do this like wonderful European Tintin style of adventure. It had that just, vibe like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just it just hits that button for me. It just hits that easy, like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This yep. is good. This oh, is real yeah. good. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we actually have a good time, let's talk about the other Bat books that are on the shelf. <laughs> you didn't have a good time with those? I, man, Night, Night Quest is not what I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Shadow of the Bat 30 was on stands. We'll talk Shadow first. It's labeled Night Quest, The Crusade. It's got Alan Grant writing, Vince Giorano on pencils. Jean-Paul Batman breaks up a fight between an immigrant mother and three goons. It turns out the mother, Rosemary, is looking for her baby that she was forced to sell because of terrible conditions at a never-mentioned Spanish-speaking country. She's in Gotham looking to track down her baby and buy the baby back. It's tragic and horrible, and for some reason, the issue leans into that real hard. Rosemary basically breaks down the entire tragic circumstance in great detail for like half the issue. We just bathe in it. The other half of the issue is Gordon holding but not able to prove a guy is a murderer. Lie detector gets run three times and the guy passes every single time. 
He does. Gordon doesn't know how he's doing it. John Paul Batman says that it's self hypnosis. Gordon just agrees and rolls with it. Jason, I, I don't think you can enter a room and be like self hypnosis and then put a guy in jail. Heck, I don't think you can put a guy in jail for a lie detector test in the first place. But here we are. Yeah. John Paul Batman bugs an adoption agency, tracks down human traffickers. They they end up bailing out of a speeding van that's filled with with little babies. It's very ridiculous. Batman swoops in, gets behind the wheel, stops, stops the speeding van from being hit by a, like an oil tanking big rig. Uh, it's packed with babies, Jason. So many goddamn babies in this. With with not with not, not a single one of them harmed, not a single yeah. one. It's wild. Yeah. Jean Paul Batman spends the end of the issue not catching up with the human traffickers, but just kind of wondering about what his mom was like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. That's the <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the right. That was the right way to go. That was Shadow of the Bat Thirty, Jason. What do you think of Shadow yeah. of the Bat Thirty? Oh God, it was not good. It, was just, <laughs> it, was it not, wasn't good. It was not good. They did a I, weird I, thing too with like by the mother's name was Rosemary and she's looking for Rosemary's baby. Like, and I was just like, what are what is happening in this issue? And it's like all flashback of like baby trade for money. And I'm just like, what the hell am I reading? I thought this was gonna be about Batman. So these are in no order, by the way, but it was the like Rosemary's Baby, which clearly the writer never seen the frickin movie or just right. wanted to make a reference to it. Just wanted to make a reference. It just wanted to make a reference. Nothing to do with the the devil, like could have made at least a passing reference to that. Like maybe I the dad was like a bad man. And yeah, like, I got per- I was, was like, oh, oh, where are we going with this? And then it was just like. Human misery. Yeah. That's where we're going. Yeah. Real life I, human misery that still takes place today. Well, yeah. And then just the like, I mean, obviously, like, I only say this now as a 41 year old man, because clearly when I was like a, you know, 12 or 13 years old, I would not have picked up on this. Uh, and I don't think when he was writing it, he picked up on this either. But it's like, oh, yeah, this poor woman from indeterminate South American country where the country is just it's a horrible place to live and like they're all trying to get out and they're so desperate because of America and American <laughs> right, right. support oh, of death man. squads and are we gonna, drugs and Jason, are we just all, are we all dovetailing into our liberal agenda? Is that what's happening right here? Is this no is this a backdoor podcast on immigration right now? No, I'll, I'll end it with this. Everyone should read, um, even though it's not perfect, but everyone should read uh, the book uh, CIA Legacy of Ashes. It's very, very good. Not as good as it could be, but highly recommend. It's a pretty comprehensive, like pretty good introduction on the history of the CIA and just the, you know. And, and yeah. how we just destroyed South America, basically. And, and lots of other places, too. And lots through. of other places, too. America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the issue, but the, the, I, I, I was trying to find good things to like about it. I, I found that like, some something that I did, sort of like about. I, I, I sort of liked the art, but I was gonna say Vince drew the hell out of it. He did the best he, he did. could. He did, but but also it was very like I feel when I go back and read '90s books, like even by artists that I, I still really like. 
and you know liked a lot back then is like a lot of them I'll be like oh there's just like almost no visual storytelling here there's just no storytelling yeah just, it's like oh this is a pose this is a pose oh this is just supposed to be a a cool scene but means nothing to me has no impact like yeah there's a lot of that in this issue in particular i would also say that vince blacks out batman's suit a lot his suit and his his cape and the way yeah. that the new nightfall armor is with like all these spiny things flowing around i was like man i feel like i'm reading 20 pages of like a tr- somebody's tribal tattoo you know what i mean Oh, like yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like an early 2000s new metal tribal tattoo. Well, because like I, I remember uh, reading like art advice from even back then. Uh, shout out to uh, to Brutes and Babes. If anyone remembers excitedly following the lesson plans of uh, Bart Sears Brutes and Babes and every issue of Wizard just reminds me of how back then, how many how many artists were just like an editor seemed to be desperately pleading with artists like. Okay, in your portfolio, we're gonna need some comic book pages. The oh pinups are dude, great, guys. Dude, 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 the pinups are great, but you, it you has know, not changed. It has not changed. <laughs> I, I personally, when I do portfolio reviews of of comic coloring, I'm like, guys, guys, pages only. They need to see. The editor needs to see that you can do the job that he's hiring you for. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the it's it's if unless you're getting hired for covers only, you need to put some interiors in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like uh, the analogy that just came up in my head was um, was like a it's the 90s comic books were drawn and, and I'm imagining he was a huge fan of them uh, in the same way that Zack Snyder directs films. Which yeah, is just all feels, style. It feels the same exact way, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, like, it, yes. it's all style, and the style is really cool. Like, don't get the me style's wrong. Style's cool. I, like, yep. yeah, I, I want to be shitting on anyone's. Like, you know, it's it, it's still work to 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 make that. You know, to make a pinup or to make a, a a cool looking like scene or whatever, but it will not carry shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know, I think we've talked about Shadow of the Bat Thirty enough. Yeah, there's there's not really like is yeah, it's, it's just not it was not good. <laughs> uh let's let's get good. let's get more to the meat of this. Night's Quest the Crusade continues in Detective Comics 671, written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Graham Nolan. It's a continuation of the tease that we had from the previous Detective Comics issue. Joker has kidnapped slash scheduled a meeting with big Hollywood people in order to shoot a movie called The Death of Batman. The assistant is a huge buzzkill about it, but the studio exec is like, we got a weak lineup and we need Batman fucking dead. <laughs> Joker, <laughs> Joker gets universal monsters to attack a college girl in short shorts. Jean-Paul Batman intervenes. Jean-Paul is too head empty to think anything is amiss. Not just nothing up there. Joker gets Siskel and Ebert to help him punch up the script. They decide Batman needs motivation. Joker stages a weird kind of romance between the, the college co-ed and short shorts and John Paul Batman, which works because John Paul is so much of a weird sexless pervert that he can't stop thinking about her and, and about his romantic aspirations in college. He's creeping on the college dorm, 
and he gets ambushed by more universal monsters. He hears breaking glass. It's her room. He rushes in to save her only to find Robin being thrown out of the window, which is startling at first. But like, can't Robin just like grapple up somewhere? I don't know. I don't know for sure if he could get out of this one alone. We'll find out next issue. It ends there. Jason, what did you think of Detective Comics 671? I sort of went on a journey because I thought it was okay at first and then I finished it and then I kept on thinking about it and I was like, nah, I really, really like it. I really, yeah, really I, like it. One of the few like Chuck Dixon right down the plate home runs, you know? Like I am usually not a Chuck Dixon fan, but this whole this whole arc about Joker trying to get a movie made where Batman gets murdered. There's a panel where he's like a goon is showing Joker storyboards and the storyboards are just Batman being murdered over and over again in different ways. It's so well, it's so pitch perfect. Good. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and, the, and even though even though it's such a softball. You know, the whole uh, Hollywood executive is actually OK with doing whatever, like underhanded thing. Sure. You know, is as I'm just like, yeah, all right. That, that's still, you know, cliches are cliches. For all right. I'm, sometimes. Yeah, I'm having like, a good time. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, and no one ever got mad if you fucking made fun of like, you know, a Hollywood like executive. You sure. know what I mean? Like sure. it's, it's like an easy it's an easy target. And it's but it. But it works well. It works so well, and and uh, the way uh, the way uh, Joker is written too is just really because he's he's still psychotic and dangerous, but he's also still very fun because he's still committed. He he is the he's, most committed yes. to the bit. Yes, like Soak. He's at any time he could abandon this and just murder Batman, but the whole thing he's like wrangling budget out of the hollywood people he's like yeah. really he's he needs more money for casting he's the really, man's got storyboards he's got yeah, storyboards committed to the bit it's fantastic yeah. it's so it, good it, it, i it can't wait and, i can't wait to see where uh this issue goes with detective and and the art too is just so so solid it's so in in, yeah. in contrast to shadow of the bat it's just it's really it's just really well told Graham the, Nolan, um, man, I feel like he's the MVP of the Bat books uh, around this time. He's just like, I just as far as like a nuts and bolts, like everything form, shape, you know, panel to panel storytelling, like he just knocks it out of the park. And his Joker oh, yeah. is like so fun. He's he's got the exaggerated features and it's just uh, it's just good. It's just good. Yeah. Yeah. And his uh, and his uh, um. And and with the kind of style he draws in too, it can sometimes for styles like this, I've found that like it can be hard for artists to really like make characters' faces like as expressive and like and so it can just be really even harder uh, to to sell a story because expression's super hard anyway. Uh, but he he just does it wonderfully. It's it's just it's yeah. so like I can tell like the attention like he paid to 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 just the subtlety of like. Like I'm, I'm looking at when he's uh, when the exec is uh, making the deal with the Joker, and it, and it is when he's when he's when he's kind of leaning over because the the crony is like, "What are you doing? You're blah blah blah," and like he's leaning over, he's like, "Hey man, shut the hell up," you know? He's yeah, like, right, we've, we've exactly. had some failures, but the look on his face is like, is this shrewd? Like it's like, yeah, he knows it's weird, but he's like, 
hey, there's an opportunity here, you know, and, right. and, 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 right. and all and all of that in one panel is just, yeah, like I said, knocked it out of the park. Just good shit. Real good shit. So uh, now, now that we got the good stuff out of the way, you want to talk about <laughs> Night Quest in Batman 504? Uh. <laughs> Night Quest the Crusade continues in Batman 504, written by Doug Munch, penciled by Mike Manley. This issue continued from 503, which is the Catwoman crossover issues. Well, it didn't directly continue. Before we jump in, we get a vision from St. Dumas, who doesn't clear up anything for John Paul Batman, who is, of course, confused about everything when it has to do with his quest. Jean-Paul Batman catches up with Catwoman on a boat. Eventually, they fight on a boat. Catwoman's trying to secure a canister of chemicals so that the bad guys can't create some sort of nerve gas. And then the boat is run aground and explodes. And then they fight on rooftops. And then they fight in some sort of high-rise penthouse full of gargoyles. (laughs) Eventually, the police are on the scene. Batman flees, leaving Catwoman red-handed with the canister to the police. It is continued in Catwoman number seven. Jason. Did you read Catwoman number seven? And what did you think of Night Quest the Crusade Batman 504? Uh, I, I didn't read Catwoman number seven. I thought about it, but I, I thought it would be more fun if I didn't because I haven't read any of them before. And so I thought it'd be more fun for you for you to go into it. All right. Uh, all right. For, for you to get into it. Do you want to hear my uh, Catwoman number seven write up? Yeah, yeah. I did a full write up of it because. Oh, shit. Full because because oh man, Catwoman set up seven is written by Joe Duffy and drawn by Jim Ballant. It's also a nice quest issue. This issue includes a recap for anyone just reading Night Quest stuff, or maybe it's just something Catwoman issues do. I don't know. The heart of this book is Catwoman gets outmaneuvered by a pair of stone cold idiots, and there's a ragtag group of environmentalists that Serena's wrapped up in, and I don't know if they're friends or not. It's never really clear. The group includes two, the two idiots who are outmaneuvering Catwoman, Catwoman, and then the, the man who literally designed the nerve gas they're trying to build, they're trying to like prevent being used. And then another lady who doesn't really have anything to do anyway. Anyway, oh, that's, that's not her character name. Another lady, another lady. So I don't know why the man who invented the nerve gas is there with the environmentalists. Maybe that's explained in Catwoman, but I read six and seven and it was never explained. The whole book gets more absurd from there. Catwoman recruits John Paul Batman to help her save everyone, but they literally do not save anyone. The entire issue. They never do anything to affect the plot at all. The chemist of the group gets kidnapped by this two stone cold idiots because even though they get the formula in the previous issue, they can't actually do it because they're stone cold idiots. So they need the chemist to get to put it together. The chemist just gives them tear gas instead of nerve gas, not killing anyone. And the chemist saves the day because of that, because Batman and Catwoman are like two steps behind these two idiots. I can't I can't express this enough, Jason. It's like Bill and Ted gas the boardroom of these people who want to build houses on wetlands. That's what happens in this issue. It's fucking insane. This is honestly, this is pretty much exactly why I was sitting in my living room last night being like, 
should I read Catwoman number seven? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I bet, I bet it's awful in a really weird way. And I bet Nick so, will have okay, some words okay. about it. Here's how, here's how it closes. I'm happy uh, I was the, right, by the way. The chemist just, of the group gives the idiots tear gas instead of nerve gas. They, uh, they nerve gas or tear gas the building. But then Catwoman at the end is like on a helicopter with a megaphone. Don't ask. She's like on the rope. She's on the rope like ladder for the helicopter taking off. I don't know who's driving the helicopter. Who cares? And she's like. Claims it as a win in the end. She's like, yeah, and that'll teach you to to build houses on wetlands or whatever, whatever they're doing, the, the business people. And so, like. She kind of like took the win at the end, but never affected the story at all. And I was like, I was like, I don't think the, I don't think you won Catwoman. You didn't steal anything. You're not ahead in any capacity. I think you're just like trying to save some face in front of in front of everybody who's there, like the police and Batman and everything to be like, you know, I kind of won, but nobody won. The issue was awful. Jason. So so would you say then, though, that Catwoman is more like Spock at the at well, Leonard Nimoy at the end of uh, the Simpsons monorail episode or more like Tuxedo Mask? <laughs> Which 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 what which, which yes. space do you think she occupies more? Jason, I don't know. <laughs> the the cat I, these cat these catwoman stories are terrible and they're also named body chemistry, which is fucking gross. The I whole remember, thing is gross. I think I remember this series with this writer artist pair like running for like a while though. Yo, I feel like Joe Duffy and Jim Ballant did Catwoman for a long time long yeah. time like those I, are two like, names that i like, really associate with catwoman 60, a lot 80 issues i don't know like a like yeah, we're talking fuck. like a long run long yeah. long run um yeah jim ballant heard of and jim ballant famously comics. famously did the i don't know if you've seen this panel floating around there was a time when um so jim ballant did these catwoman this long running catwoman thing and then he was doing these like sexy comics that were like a little explicit, you know, which is not really an area that I really travel in as far as my comic reading. But there was a panel that floated around the Internet and it was a, a woman running into uh, a bedroom and she was yelling to, to another woman. It was something like, run, you've got to get out of here. Your vagina's haunted. There was that that classic meme came out of came out of Jim Ballant. So, you know what? We're going to give Jim Ballant pass this this particular for this particular Catwoman issue. You can you can you can cut this if you want. Um, but yeah. I just thought of another uh comic gold uh fact. Okay, hit it. Hit me with it. So, so now known as a writer Bill Willingham, writer and uh, of fables and and of various other books, uh in the 80s and he was still an artist and a writer. Uh, he was on Elementals for Comico for a while, like that that kind of era. And then there was a time when he couldn't get any, really couldn't get any work in the mainstream or any kind of mainstream, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just remember this image from his comics journal interview that was probably like 15 fucking years ago at this point. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, the only work I could get was in porn comics. He's like, porn comics always paid well. Hey, so no. No shame on the porn comics. Like, and it's it's not no. my wheelhouse, 
But like, I know it it has a rich legacy of propping up artists in dire oh, yeah. times. And and the panel and the panel that the comics journal decided to to put in this, you know, comics journal long interview with him was sure. a panel of this. Uh, and he's a, he's a very good artist too. I don't know if you've ever seen his his work. Yeah. But he's you know, uh, but he uh, <laughs> the panel was this British lord naked but like he had like the you know the curled curled mustache yeah and a monocle Mm -hmm. and he was uh laughing i think in a jaunty way and had a a hydra dick so he had like eight dicks coming out coming out of his nethers and like each one was pleasuring (laughs) someone and he was like he's like oh oh, yes good show jason this is important i'm gonna need you to send after the show send this image to me Later. I, I kind of want to look. I, I've kind of always wanted to find, <laughs> always wanted to find that, but have been too scared scared to Google search. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what parts, dark parts of the internet that oh, might bring me man. to, you know, or what lists that might. That I'm probably on all the lists at this point, but like, you know, I, I don't want to be on <laughs> anymore. Okay. Yeah, God, I uh, love. I love how insane the Catwoman issue was. Oh, because man. it because it, it makes the incel issue of this seem so much less uh insane you right. know right because stuff just escalated the, the other thing that like really threw me off was that um and this is i i guess not that big of a deal but the knight's quest batman issue continues in catwoman 7 and in batman 504 it's Batman's perspective, he's all the caption boxes. And then we switch over to Catwoman, and it's Catwoman's perspective, she is all the caption boxes. So, like, in reading them back to back, it took me a second to adjust to be like, oh, Catwoman speaking in the caption boxes. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me reorient and reread. And I want to ask before we move on, what person higher up at dc was like did like someone from the sierra club like sleep with their wife like what what is what is this like crazy environmentalists yes they're such a danger we have to worry about right they're the what clearly the the capitalists building building the apartments in the endangered species area jason they're just they're just god-fearing folk just trying to do their job all right Capitalism like, like, got us into this and capitalism will get us out of this. Like, like it's such a it's such a like neoliberal idea of like, OK, well, you know, like the people building who want to build uh, 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 these uh, expensive apartments in a factory uh, on a playground in a children's hospital, they might be bad. But like the people trying to stop it are probably worse, too. Like they, should <laughs> yeah, ask, right. they should like ask politely is I, what they should do. Like the, like, the my God, I don't want to belabor this. But like <laughs> be labor it, please. But like the thing that slayed me through this issue was the two the t- there was like it was like a surfer dude and then like uh the other guy who were the ones who like deployed the gas. Was it Team and Girl Squad? It, <laughs> and there was uh, a a panel where Catwoman is asking for Batman's help in taking down these two 
stone cold idiots like they're written to be idiots through the whole through the whole issue. They're idiots. Right. And then Catwoman, there's a panel where where she was like, they outmaneuvered me. And I was like, no, no, they didn't. I was like, you're just also a dummy for some reason. I don't know what's happening here. Fuck. I mean, again, again, because you can use the Simpsons to reference anything, but it's just like at the end of the uh, the Carney episode where the Carney dad was like, was like, well, it's no shame in being beaten by the best. And his son's like, but, but dad, he, he seemed like a real idiot. Like, there's no <laughs> right. shame in being no beaten by the best son. By the best. Batman, I need your help. These two people are clearly Einstein level criminal geniuses. Right. Clearly. Right. 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 Oh, oh man, I might man. have to fuck. You're getting me. I might have to start at issue one then, because not now that it was such a of Catwoman. Yeah, it's just just the whole run. You, you know, should, you I'm, should jump in. Dude, I'm now interested. It starts <clears throat> like, OK. Just to. OK, let's clear the air. <laughs> right, Catwoman number one, Catwoman number one starts with her making deals with Bane and there's like Bane's henchmen and stuff like it starts in continuity. Like if you say you're a new reader, you're like, oh, there's a new Catwoman book. I haven't read Catwoman in a long time since uh, her sister's keeper, that mini arc. And I kind of like that. I'll check this out. You are not going to know what's going on in issue one <laughs> if you are not following Batman as well. Like the mind boggles, Jason. I it's it, it's a wild time. It's a wild twas, time. Twas, twas the 90s. I, I twas guess the 90s Twas the 90s. At any rate, those are all the Batman issues that were I, on the stands at the time. I'm just I'm just so happy that my intuition was right, that I was like, <laughs> you're like, I'll let Nick handle that. <laughs> well, because I was reading because I was reading through your show notes and like when you were on the on the Google Doc and like mm-hmm. and you're and, and, and even in there and you're like, which continues in Catwoman number seven. You're like, Jason, Jason, did you read it? Did you read it? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm think, I think that's the thing that gave me the thought that like, nah, he's he's going to he's going to be on one with this. So I, I need to. Yeah, has to be yours. You know, yeah. I, I wanted I wanted no real, real input <laughs> other, other other than that. Apparently, thanks like for, environmentalist- thanks for letting me. Yeah. Thanks for letting me have that one, I guess. Yeah. And, and we all learned a valuable lesson that environmentalists are awful and uh, they should be uh, put in jail. All of them. Yes. Every single yes. one. Every single one. Every single one of them. Let's let's read some some good Batman. Batman Adventures 17, written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mike Parbeck, inked by Rick Burchick, colored by Rick Taylor, with a new letterer, Richard Starkings of Comic Craft, edited by Scott Peterson, with the assist from Darren Vincenzo. Let's uh, let's jump into this. Jason, what do you what you 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 enjoyed this issue? You think it was the best bat book on this on the stands? I mean, yeah, by like a pretty wide margin like I, I can't think of any any area of which i would judge any of these books and and this doesn't come out like so so far ahead i mean like i was saying up at the top it's a 
I, I, I will admit that like I'm I'm a sucker for, you know, those those old adventure type stories. It's it's something that uh I, I would recommend anyone at all to like just pick up any kind of European book, like at all, like ever. Like you see it anywhere, especially if it's affordable. If it says Mobius on it, great. Obviously, yeah, have to pick yeah, that yeah, up. yeah, yeah. But Scoop like, up but, all but, Mobius all the time. Yeah. Acquire Mobius. Yeah, but 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 like any one of them, like any one of those, if you can find them over here, and especially if it's screams classic, like whatever it is, like I Yo, just just I like, I, I, I heard that you know I don't know if this is true, so we're gonna spread lies and fabrications currently right now. That's what podcasting right is for. <laughs> I heard that there's a museum of cartooning in Japan where they have bronze casted artists artists hands there in the museum you can see their hands and they're all manga artists because it's in japan except for mobius mobius was the only one they were like gotta get his hands (laughs) well he he was a he was a singular uh a singular talent yeah really absolutely yeah at any rate at any rate let's get into issue 17 it uh, oh, starts yeah. with a crazy Batman cover where he's on a horse and he's got a sword in the desert. It's fucking rad. Jason, I actually uh, this was one of the first books of Batman Adventures that I ever picked up. I actually uh, this still is why have, you have this cover tattooed on your back. This is why I have the cover tattooed on my back. I still have the the old, you know, Sarge's comics like oh, letterhead shit. sticker. Oh, shit. With on the, the old back. ass logo. God damn. Yeah, that's that that was like printed out on a like, um, uh, what is it like a laser jet or whatever? Like, like, yeah, those those banners that you make for for parties in like 1992, you know? Yeah, except it was on a little sticker that was for like uh, like envelopes and stuff. If you're going to make a lot of addresses or something, this this particular issue came from Sarge's Comics in Old Saybrook. So apparently this is from their Old Saybrook location. I don't even remember it. Yeah, they used to have three in the state. They had one in Old Saybrook, one in Groton, and one in the one in New London was the first one. Yeah, um, but yeah, after uh, after the '90s crash, they they very quickly could not hold on to yeah any of their totally any understandable. Of their other stores. Yeah, yeah. So we have Batman on a horse swinging a sword. It's Batman Adventures seventeen. He's like backlit by a sun. It's incredible. There's like. Other people in robes carrying swords behind him. It's rad. We turn the page, get into the issue. It's called The Tangled Web. Act one is Into the Shadows. Batman ambushing a guy who's got some sort of uniform, totally covering him up. He's got a rifle. Batman just like says his name and then crushes him basically with his the momentum of a of just a total two foot like lands on him like kick. Knocks the dude out, makes sure it's him, and the guy wakes up in Gotham at the airport with Commissioner Gordon, like, handcuffing him. Batman knocked him out so hard, he put him on the plane, knocked out, and he didn't come to until he hit Gotham. Well, isn't, isn't, hold on, you know what, you know what? I'm and gonna, he starts look, in a jungle. He starts yeah. in a jungle. I'm going to look, I'm going to look this up so I get it right. All right. All right. Acor- according to a very quick Google search, um. Batman is supposed to be about 6'2 and about uh, 210 pounds. And right. he's jumping 
from right. who knows what height he's, and with full he, force. Yeah, he's like he's 6'2", 200. <laughs> he's at just, least he's at least eight feet off the ground and then yeah. lands both feet into the chest of this of this dude. Uh, fast right, right into a tree. Into yeah. a tree. Yeah. Uh, dude gets actually absolutely punished by Batman. Oh, yeah. Basically arrested. And then we get into like what that dude was mixed up in, which was this like, you know, cabal of ninjas, assassins uh, that are run by Ra's al Ghul. And he finds their their, you know, he's he's run by Ra's al Ghul's one of his subordinates, I believe. Yeah. Ra's so would never lower himself to such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ra's would never train personally train anyone. But he will like, you know, mar- like, you know, test it out, you know, like, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Um, freelance it out, whatever. E- <laughs> Batman's in the jungle still. And he is dressed up like one of these people. And he's like, you know, we've got something here, Alfred. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with with Raish, but um, I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing. Whatever's here, it's big. and it's it's changing and you know i don't know i gotta figure it out so Raish starts to talk to and i i thought that this person that Raish was talking to so there's two things going on and i had to kind of reread the issue to kind of like get a grasp on this i don't know if you did but like there's a guy running these these people in gray who are like doing jobs for Raish. And then Raish has another job that's also happening. And I think that what my confusion was is that these guys in gray have like this leader who never appears in gray. And I think that this was a colorist mistake. I think that this guy was supposed to have a gray suit because they show this like high collar on him. And it looks similar to the high collar that's like on the head guy of like all these gray suited dudes. Yeah, yeah, I I caught kind of the same like small confusion, but eh. yeah, they never. By the way, uh, Raisha's lieutenant, who's freelancing training these murderers, uh, they never even mentioned his but his name. I kept like searching for this dude's name. I was like, who is this guy? Because they set him up. He's like on a big screen. He's like he looks kind of like native american or or uh, uh aztec or something and he's got like you know these these earrings or uh uh ceremonial braids or something and i'm like this dude's got to be somebody never mentioned his name i i think he's i think they said at the, i think he said at the end of the issue i think in passing race is it at the end i might name. have missed it so Raish and this guy have this conversation about how uh, Raish is kind of like setting up. We don't know it yet, but Raish is setting up this um, whole situation, this whole like task for the for them to kind of like set a honey trap for Batman. Like basically they're trying to make like something so ripe for the picking that Batman gets involved and then they can basically lock down Batman. So he's not a threat for this other thing that they're running. Yeah, a misdirection for the misdirection. Right. So we get into Act 2. You want to take us into Act 2? 
Act Two: New World Order. Uh oh. Uh oh. Nick. Nick. Alex. Alex Jones is in my room. Oh God. Oh God. I said New World Order. <laughs> get him the fuck out of there. Oh, oh God. Get get out of here, you crazy man. What are you doing out of Austin? You owe Connecticut families a lot of money. What the fuck? Act Two: New World Order. We find uh, we're in Raish's lair and. There's some apparently really devoted guy to his cause, but he's just like blonde and in a suit, which honestly I just found right. kind of funny because yeah. he's he's, he's a devotee of like the whole cult thing, whatever it is around racial but, but but he's not a ninja. He's not he's not able to kill anyone. He's like the accountant for racial ghoul. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, apparently, and he gets a name. God, yeah, he gets a name uh, immediately. Yeah, other dude doesn't get a name. But Mr. He's expl- Asquith. Yeah. He's explaining his um his failure uh to wait, what was the failure for again? The failure was they were gonna initiate the plan, but they couldn't because there was a week-long celebration, the feast of, of Azir or something. I don't I don't know. It's like a well-known holiday in the region, but like not elsewhere. And the guy was like, I couldn't I couldn't be expected to know everything. And he was like, you talk to anyone on the street and they would tell you this, you know, like, get the, get yeah. the hell out of my face. He gets dragged away for his for his own incompetence. And we see uh, we see disguised Bruce Wayne is reporting through a walkie talkie to uh, Alfred back in Gotham. And he, he mentions that, uh, you know, this line won't be secure for very long. Sure. Uh, while very quickly we see that they picked up a signal like pretty yeah. much just as soon as like he kept it on for a little bit longer than yeah. he should have so so uh Raish knows that that batman is there and there's a great and on the scene on the page where they this whole thing happens i just love the again such a sucker for adventure comics but just the the slashing through of uh the airplane of like the yep. private jet yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just to show, like, that's where Raish is, and also to denote that, like, there's very quickly going to be a big scene shift. You know, right. uh, I don't think you can. I don't think you can get away with making an adventure comic without like a plane and a map. Like, I think Indiana Jones was like, "This is how we do it," and then everyone else was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how we do it." Yeah, yeah. It's how it's how it's how it's done. You know. Uh, so Raish is. Uh, is like you know has it has his, his fingers his fingers tented up and then yes all all is going according to his plan because he's he's gonna outsmart Batman this time yep this time he's gonna outsmart him and you know denoting that we are now uh, in another part of the world so we're in the desert looks like northern northern African desert uh, there's a lot of uh, there's some tents. There are a lot of people dressed up a la Lawrence of Arabia style. Uh, and uh, Raish is wondering where security is. And he happens upon this figure who's dressed all in black and has a gold sword. And he recognizes the sword as oh, this is the. Uh, it's uh, some special sword. Wait, not see. Not, uh, <laughs> he says, I see by your sword that you've studied with. Zabhir al Shatain. Thank you for pronouncing that. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't your really skills will be wasted it. here. I think I do not anticipate combat. 
And he says, one should always be anticipate combat, dread one. Yeah, that was so that was so great. And when he gave when I was first reading this and he gave that like that little nod, I was like, oh, shit. Did did Rache figure him out right here? Because that's right. clearly Batman. I thought this. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's definitely a that's definitely Batman. Secondly, I was like, did Rache figure it out? It seems like he figured it out. Did he figure it out? Yeah. He bows to the honor that he was he was given and in, in talking to such a you know distinguished individual who studied under such a master to have deserved you know that 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 special sword that he has right right and then all of a sudden there's just swarming grays we're just we're just we're a gray swarm yeah, we're back in the other location with all the men in gray we're out of the desert we're in some kind of like industrial like jungle base military base or something yeah and it's so and the action on this page is so i was so impressed with it especially because the the first panel and the order the go softly and everything is like there's word balloons but they they're specifically kept tiny you know and all the action is just and it's it's mostly people being choked out it's not like they're saying anything yeah yeah and it's it's just so well i'm like it's just so well done you feel the you feel the silence of the page and you're signaled to feel the silence of the page you know you're signaled that like you know that this is like that time of night where like you you wake up and it's still the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom and like you're a kid and you're just like you're just like trying to walk as softly as you can because like every little every little step is the loudest possible thing and like that's that's exactly what like this page looks like you can tell i really like the issue so they break in choke a bunch of people out i i will say too this page is i feel like what um what mike draws best i feel like mike is in his element when he's doing this kind of stuff, high action, like a, a lot of characters, a lot of movement on the page, you know, stuff like this is where uh, Parobex shines. Oh, yeah. He he loves he knows exactly how to uh, just slightly exaggerate a figure to get the the proper impact, like especially Absolutely. with with action, like he knows just just how to bend it just enough like mm-hmm. just just wonderful so all the grays all, all the all the gray men now funnel into this room to complete their mission and one pulls out a weird little transponder thing hits a button and they discover it's batman which yeah I, yeah uh, so they track the signal to like his little radio thing it beeps and then batman's thing beeps and then they're like, it's an honor to finally meet you, Batman. Yeah. And and again, and I love I just I love the constant. Whenever oh, yeah. a plan comes together, just the constant that I call it like making like a tent, like with your fingers, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. the Mr. Uh, Burns, like whatever. The Mr. Burns yeah. thing. Yes. This is a yeah. very Simpsons heavy episode. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my, you know what? My life it's is a very happen. Simpsons heavy life. All right. It's yeah, just. Yeah. I, you kinda, know, kinda when we started is. the podcast, it was only a matter of time before this became a very Simpsons heavy episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. But so we got we got Batman with guns drawn on him and, and yep. race and race secure that his his plan had worked. And so 
now he goes into what his evil plan was, just like any good villain yep. in any story. He's explaining his plan instead of just immediately killing the person who can spoil it for right, him. Right, right, right. He wants to and, monologue. And but yeah. also he has no desire to kill Batman. Like, well, no, because it's a great he, game. Yes, yes. And he's he says, you know, he's he talks about his evil plan, about how like, oh, he's going to he's got charges set in the Antarctic and he's going to melt a bunch yep. of ice and then the ice is going to melt and the, the resulting sea change is going to devastate the planet. And Don't then worry, Rach, we're taking care of that one for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, oh, oh, Jason. OK. <laughs> and, and I, I was like, I, I, when I was reading this, uh, uh, you, it wiped it from my mind. I don't know what I was going to say, but yes. I'm yes. sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, I saw a joke he says, in it. He says, uh, the new world is going to need people like you. So he doesn't want to kill him. No, no, it's actually far more creepy. He wants him to marry and right. You know, right, right. Reproduce with his daughter, which right. Weird right. man. Weird. Like, I know you're yeah. like a thousand years old, but that's weird, dude. Jason, In our time, you that know is what? Weird. You know what? He's a thousand years old and times were different then. OK, and we need to respect his heritage. I will I will only the only reason I will even for one second respect Rachel Ghoul is that facial hair. Oh man. It's it's how, a bold choice. Yeah. How do you get that? How can I get that? Do I have the confidence to pull that off? It's like, tune in next week. <laughs> Wait, tune in next week. Are you gonna have know that facial end, here next week? <laughs> I, I didn't know how to end that thought otherwise. For anyone who doesn't know, it's like if you took a goatee and then shagged it out to the a little bit wider and then got rid of all the goatee part <laughs> that's basically what he has it's like whiskers on the sides of his jaw kind of yeah, thing but, but styled to like to like points yeah know? he's got like lightning bolt whiskers on the sides of his jaw it's yeah. so weird my it's man so uses weird. product my man uses he has yeah he spends yeah. way too much well, of his budget on product you know what? He's worth it. He's the he's he the is. head of the demon. <laughs> he is. He is. Raish, Raish, you know what? Practice that self-care. You keep yeah. practicing that self-care. Don't let me give you shit just because yeah, I'm right, insecure right, exactly. that I can't grow that kind of facial hair. Okay. <laughs> right. So he he monologues about his plan. Batman's there and he's like, you know, this place where I stand now in the desert, the most barren of life. But in one generation will be a garden of paradise, blah, 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 blah. He's monologuing and monologuing. He's like, I will keep you alive. The, the new world may need men like you. And you turn the page. And it's act three. What doth it profit a man? And it is Batman saying there's just one problem with your plans, Raish. And he's like, and what would that be? He's like, I'm not Batman. And it's the boy wonder. It's it's Jason. It's he's wearing his Robin suit underneath his bat suit underneath the gray suit. He's got three shirts on and it's Robin. I loved that reveal. And especially because like Robin just looks so happy to be there. I know. I know. <laughs> Robin is so thrilled. That he got to do this reveal to Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> and and like any teen. So like Bruce walked up to Dick and was like, hey, Dick, want, want, want to help me uh, pull a prank on someone? And he's like, do <laughs> right. I ever? <laughs> right, right. 
Te- teens are teens will always be down for pranks, even if it, it's against like homicidal, genocidal maniacs. You know, <laughs> if it's a prank, he's like, yeah, I cancel all my plans. I got it. So I got it. He's like, I'm not Batman. And Rachel's like, what? And then uh, Batman sneaks up behind him, obviously in the black Lawrence of Arabia outfit with the sword. And he's like looking for me and he's got the sword drawn. He's got, you know, sword to his neck. And he's like, detective. And then, uh, you know, Bruce says, uh, all of you throw down your guns and they all throw down their guns. Robin's like got uh, in the full Robin suit. He's like getting out of the great. He's getting out of the three, sh- the two shirts he's wearing into one shirt. And he Russian starts nesting like Robin. Yeah. And then he starts, you know, making short work of the, the gray guys. Um, Batman is is pulling race aside and he's like the robes, the sword. and. uh Bruce says something along the lines of Aliasa wasn't uh, El Shaitan's only student. He wasn't the best either, meaning there's some sort of like hierarchy here with these people who know these ancient sword techniques. And Bruce, of course, is one of the best. Oh, yeah, he's got to be studied with the best is the best. Uh, And he says, nobody move or race dies. And, uh, you know. He kind of like drags Raish to the plane. He's hoping to get Raish on the plane with him, bring him to justice. But the accountant steps up. And he's like, he's like, I got this thing. Raish is going to reward me greatly. And he goes to like set off the bomb to like signal to the satellite, to set off the bombs in, you know, the Antarctic to like, you know, blow up the glaciers and instead blows up the satellite. I don't and I didn't know. I didn't know if this was like his own incompetence, if there was like a satellite self-destruct button and he's just like a dingus and hits the wrong button. Or if this was like Batman's six steps ahead anyway and plan for this inevitability. Like if you send the signal, the satellite will explode. They never really explain it one way or the other. Yeah, I just I just kind of accepted it as uh like it wasn't ready yet, you know, sure. and, and sure. the uh, the accountant didn't know it. And so just like hit a button and like. And then the satellite explodes. Yeah. Yeah. The best the best part is like he hits the button, the satellite explodes and then the machine sparks. The machine is also exploding. And he's like, then again, maybe not. And I was like, that's so weird that they blew up the machine, too. But then I was like, how would the accountant know if he that he goofed it? Because the satellite's all the way in space. He can't see it exploding, you know? He thinks he's one unless the machine also explodes where they are. (laughs) That's just just good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And well, and good storytelling, the action after this. My God. Oh, yeah. So we get this page, three panels, right? And it is the two goons that Raish has with him is like right hand men. And he's like, he signals us uh, to attack yet. And he's like, don't question, brother. So Raish is signaling these guys to attack Batman. They rush in, even though Batman has a knife to Raish al Ghul's throat. Sword. Sword. Raish definitely knows the Batman does not kill. Yeah, he knows he's he's good. He knows he's good. So Batman pushes Raish aside and then starts making short work of these goons. All the action works really, really well. Raish gets thrown towards the jet. So Raish is like, 
yo, I'm out of here. <laughs> yep. And, Time to ski daddle. Yeah. And another really great little moment in this was all the other swordsters that were there for security. Like the accountants, like, what are you doing? Why aren't you attacking him? And he's and the guy's like, either he is the great Ali or he has defeated the great Ali. Any man who attacks him is a fool. And I was like, yep. Yep. You, yeah. You like, you know, when you're beat and you just go, you're like, eh, we're out of here. Well, pack well, it up. Well, well, it's also it's also the great like I realize we've hit like a couple of beats in this issue where we're like if it happened in like, you know, the Night Quest books, like we'd be like harping on them for it. But like this is also part and parcel with like what you get in adventure stories. It's like, OK, well, Batman's here. He's got Ray Shagul. Uh, we can't really expect Batman to fight like an entire fucking army. Right. We're uh, on page 19. Yeah. They're like, how are we going to get rid of the army? It's like, oh, well, they're all afraid of the disguise that he's in. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. which is great. It's a great, but also it's acceptable in an adventure. It's like you were saying, like with Indiana Jones, it's like, yeah, of course, he's not really going to fuck people up with a whip. He's a, an anthropology professor, you right, know, but right. you're but you're just like. It's an adventure story. He's Indiana Jones. Of course, he's going to fuck people up with a whip. Like, <laughs> you know, like don't don't think about yeah. it too. Just yeah. have fun on the fucking roller coaster. Yeah, that you know? said, like, that said, I could have done with like a full issue of Batman just like fighting these dudes with swords. That would have been rad. Uh, yeah, I, I could have done with like, yeah, I, I could I could collect all of the uh batman adventures issues physically and and then just like have them ripped apart and just have every action scene sure you know like made made into a book for me and just be real happy with that so the accountant calling the the other men cowards picks up a gun i thought that was like a really great moment because it's like uh, he's calling them cowards and he's using a gun in the context of batman is like especially poignant yeah, Batman just batterings him. They don't even like show Batman pulling out the battering or anything. It's just like he starts shooting the gun and then there's a battering in his face. You know, well, yeah, that's that's what you get. Like That, that is you what know. you get in my America. That's what you would get. You pull out a gun, <laughs> batarang to the face, batarang to the face <laughs> right there. Uh, a chicken in every pot, a battering in every face. <laughs> Goddamn right. Vote for me. <laughs> I swear I'm not any more criminal than anybody else. <laughs> so Raish is getting the hell out of there. And he gets on the jet. The jet starts to take off. It's vertical takeoff, right? Yeah. And can and, and can I just uh, honestly just another shout to just the the, the control panel of the jet is just oh, so, yeah. so good. It's, it's I mean, it, and it's such the dials uh, and the, switches and a couple levers. Yeah, and they look so heavy. Like it is such the world, obviously, because it is. But like such the uh, beautiful designed, uh, beautifully designed world of uh, Batman the animated series. You know that like yeah. quasi, like sort of modern, sort of retro, like Art Deco right. sort of thing. Like, I, and 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 just my God, Mike Powerbrick, you 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 draw a mighty powerful horse. I just I must oh, say. Oh man, so yeah, so Batman gets on this black horse. And he's like, Raish isn't going to get away. I'm going to catch the freaking plane. So the plane starts taking off. Batman gets on the horse. He's charging it down, jumps from the horse to try to grab the wing of the plane. 
misses by inches, watches the plane fly into the distance in the desert. So good. So, so good. And then the final, the final panel, the final page is Raish talking to his number two who offers to uh, ritually kill himself. The guy we didn't learn his name. Yeah. And Raish says, nah, that's okay. We'll, we'll get him next time, buddy. And then the the final panel is Bruce just kind of staring off at a nice full moon in his gigantic mansion that he lives in. Yes. Bruce is looking out, out the window and Ray says, I wondered, detective, what you're thinking right now at your house on the hill. Are you thinking about the lives that you have saved? Are you considering the world that might have been? And it's like, yeah, he's thinking about the saved lives. He'd do it again. He'd do it a hundred yeah. more times. He's Batman. How do you not yeah. get that? Like, well, and also, and also it's it's billions of people, you know? Yeah, right. It's billion, billions of people you wanted to kill there. So uh, in reading this. I was I was struck by Raish wanting to raise the the sea level. It's like, man, that used to be some supervillain shit. And now it's just real shit. So then I was like, I was yeah. like, it's like, what are there people who are directly responsible for sea, sea level rise? Like, is there a human being that is directly responsible and so i started realizing like i read somewhere a long time a while ago that corporations are responsible for about a third of this of climate change uh yeah a third of the carbon emissions into the into the ozone um and so really there's not a lot that like governments can do unless they start to like check these companies and so i started thinking i was like I was like, okay, well, what what companies are like dumping carbon, right? So Chevron is one of the top polluters. And then I was looking at Chevron and I was like, okay, who's who's like running Chevron, right? So then I'm like, okay, okay, let's see who's running Chevron. I got to I got to click over to Wikipedia. Mike Wirth, born in 1960, American businessman, CEO of Chevron Company since 2018. Is Mike Wirth, W-I-R-T-H, a super villain. Jason, your take. No, no, he is no? not. No, because the real terrifying thing and the real villain is that there isn't a villain. There's not some big, scary, like, you know, like capitalism itself is just, it's an economic system. It's an economic system that everyone and everyone acts in it, right? And everyone yeah. acts in this world. And so right. that's that's the sticky part about evil things is that it's not so much that like of people doing bad things, but it's people uh, not doing the right thing and people not thinking that um, there's any benefit to doing the right thing. It's, it's just all, it's all a quagmire really is what it is. I can't put it. I'm not smart enough to put any of that succinctly. I was trying to get uh, our thousands and millions of listeners to basically just dismantle Chevron. But I, I guess if you just want to be down with that, (laughs) I guess if we just like want to admit that it's a complex quagmire of uh, unrelenting bullshit where we can't escape any kind of like evil in the world because of the system that we are uh, living through, then I guess we'll just 
just hang out in this space. Well, and there's always that like, I mean, hey, you know, to even bring it back to uh to 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 Batman, there's there's the uh that uh the, the famous uh Batman Joker scene in Dark Knight, you know, in the in the interrogation room. Sure. You know, and there's a line where the Joker's like, well, they're only as good as the world allows them to be. Right. You know, there you go. it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. well, if I if if I'm any better, then uh, I might lose my job, or I might lose the respect of my, or I might not get that promotion, or I might not, you know. Sure. And then like, sure. You know, it, it's um, Jason. But, but fuck Chevron, fuck that guy, whoever he is, he's an awful person. And <laughs> if anyone is listening to this, if you ever see him out in public, just show him your ass. Show him your ass. <laughs> I can't you know? believe. The takeaway of this is like, remember that time the Joker was right? It's like, I don't. Is that the note we want to leave on? Well, no, no, no. But but <laughs> Jason, but I would, this episode is going to turn me into the fucking Joker. <laughs> I would encourage, but I would encourage anyone to ask them that question, ask themselves that question, and it, it won't turn you into a good person. But it's a good thing to think about: is am I be, am I only being as good as the world's allowing me to be? Should I be a better person? Even if it's as small as like, you know, not giving that jerk the finger who like, you know, was, was like riding your ass in the in the traveling lane. It's like, dude, I'm doing 70 just like everybody else. Like get get in the other lane then. Like go, go, dude, go I, in the past. Like lane. literally what, what yesterday, literally yesterday I drove for 13 hours straight. So, yeah, I, I'm aware of those people. Yeah, you know, so so the so we, we what we should be going into the end of the episode on is just try as hard as you can to be a little bit kinder, you know. Yes, absolutely. That's all. Absolutely. And it starts with you. It starts with you, and that's not just me saying it, boys and girls. That is also like the Dalai Lama says that. Buddhism <laughs> says that. All right, it's where sure. I stole these sure. ideas from. Okay, <laughs> I'm constantly stealing Let's- shit from the Dalai Lama. Actually, you know what, Nick, I have a confession to make. All of my opinions so far in this show have come from the Dalai Lama. Should we get yep. him on the pod? We should get you him on the try. pod. You can try. You can fucking try, man. But like, he's he's kind of a hard guy to get a hold of. I, I have the restraining okay. orders to to shut. You want to hit the letters column? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the the Talia Ghul issue the romance comic where that kind of like set off that we were going to get a race issue eventually. And that issue came out three issues before this one. So a lot of the letters are about that particular romance comic, by the way, reading these letters, that romance issue, man, an absolute banger. I know I sent the letters column to you. Did any of it jump out at you? Um, I can't really say like a specific one, but I did really, I I read every single one and I did really appreciate the overall, the overarching theme of holy crap, I don't usually like comic books or comic books of this kind, or I don't like what they've done to Batman or my parents won't let me read like superheroes because they're too violent. And like just all of these people who felt that uh, superhero books weren't a place for them. Uh, and to find like these like amazing stories and and even people who like are just regular comic book fans who just do not like night quests oh, at man. all yeah so let me read some letters 
Let me see. Did I highlight the Night Quest one? Can't remember if I did. Let me read. Let me read one that I highlighted. Dear Batman, I just finished issue 13. Was totally cool. I finished the part where you and Talia kissed. I hope someday my boyfriend will kiss me like you and Talia just did. I watched Shadow the Bat cartoon and I loved it. I keep a briefcase that I put my comics in. Cool, huh? Well, see you sometime, handsome. That was Holly Bucklett in Crownsville, Maryland. Uh, Scott says, does your boyfriend know you call other guys handsome? I love that letter, Jason. That that was a very sweet, very it's sweet so, letter. It's so genuine. And like, she keeps her comic books in her briefcase. And you know what? That is cool. Holly, if you're out there, you are cool. Holly, I hope I hope you're still reading comic books. I hope I hope yeah. any any I hope any young person who who got their letter published in Batman Adventures, I, I really hope that it turned at least a few of them into lifelong comic book fans. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really I didn't really pick up on this, but apparently I don't know if there was like a uh uh Casablanca vibe that was happening in that issue with the Talia romance book. I I haven't watched Casablanca, but like here was one of the letters. You uh, should watch Casablanca. <laughs> Dear Scott. Yes, of all the bookstores, I had to wander into this one there in the window. There he was waiting. I bought my first issue of the Batman Adventures. It was a great night. I was hooked. One thought kept going through my mind. Play it again, Scott. Sorry about that. I'm a happy woman. I just look forward to a new issue. Then came issue 13. Wow, here's looking at you. I wish I could hug each and every one of you responsible, but I can't. But please uh, don't be sad. After all, we'll always have Paris. Sigh. I'm looking forward to next month. Uh, Please, please play it again. That was Sarah and Peter Pearson from Tacoma, Washington. And he said, this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, so the book, the book itself, the Talia book itself wasn't um, specifically Casablanca, but it, it it was you know lovers in Pull, Paris and that and, and yeah, that is pulling the, from the vibe. Well, and that is like you know f- the famous a famous line from Casa from what the last scene of Casablanca where yeah. where she's being loaded onto the plane and it's all like you know and she's all broken up about it and he knows that like this kind of life isn't for her and. She needs to be safe with this man and sure. she will always have Paris. And like, that's yeah. Jason, yeah. Everyone see Casablanca. My God, I haven't seen Casablanca in like years at this point. The only, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. The only thing I know, effect. the only thing I know about Casablanca is from the Simpsons. This is a Simpsons <laughs> every episode. And I apologize for that. No, let me, let me, no, I, I resend, I, Nick, I resend your Simpsons apology. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Dear Scott, I know you were the mastermind behind uh, the crippled Batman in Nightfall. I know you probably have similar plans for the Batman adventures. Take my advice. Don't do it. Don't put Azrael in the Batman adventures. Don't put that stupid, brainless, dorky, crackpot character called Bane in the comic. Keep a good, straight, original Bruce Wayne in this comic. And by the way, if you put Bane and Azrael in the Batman adventures, you will lose so many subscribers that you will go bankrupt. That was from Travis Scott. In uh, Leander, Kentucky. That was from rapper Travis Scott. (laughs) Um, Scott says, hmm, we seem to have a conflict of opinion here. Bill wants Bane. Travis doesn't. That was from another another letter. Uh, 
he's like, what to do, what to do. Nonetheless, Bane will appear uh, in the cartoon in the next season, says. So. Let me read you another one, because you were right about the vibe of like basically people who don't normally read comics reading the Batman adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, let let me get that. This person said, Dear Scott, I'm writing you this letter because I owe a debt of gratitude to you and the Batman Adventures. You've increased my son's reading level from simple average to above average. Daniel loves the stories and was having problems reading regular books due to lack of interest. Finally, I was in the store one day and I caught him looking through the Batman Adventures 12. The rest's history. I would have never thought that this hero of my youth would come to my son's rescue, but the Batman, but because of Batman, his reading has gotten better. That was from uh, Sam uh, Burdick in New York. He says, no, Sam, because of you and Daniel, your son's reading has gotten better. The important thing is that Daniel found something he wanted to read and you let him. What happened? What happens next is we're just along for the ride. I thought that letter was was particularly nice. Um, I've got a long one that I kind of want to read. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you if you're are you patient, Jason? Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. Well, if, especially if it has anything to do with comic books. Come on. So he says, Dear Scott, I'm a regular collector, i.e. reader of all the Batman titles that DC pushes out every month. But I must say I enjoy the Batman adventures the most, even more so now that the show has started to air in Australia. But while I love your comic, the one thing that uh, made me really write is your letter column. I don't normally read the letter columns in great depth. I usually have a quick Quick glance to see if there's any letters that jump out and grab me, but I may have been, uh, but I have been reading this letters comic column regularly. Why? The first thing I notice is that the Batman Adventures has an incredibly diverse audience, so much more than any other comic book that I know of. It's equally obvious that people are really enjoying the book, and that's really all about what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, kids having Batman to read before bed, or mom and dad getting just as much fun out of it as Junior does. It's obvious that everyone associated with the title is 110% committed to producing a truly great product. And I would love to say thank you to everyone involved for the hours of entertainment at a good price. Keep up the fantastic work. That was Matthew Pedler in Australia. Scott said, thanks, Matthew. You're right. We do have an an eclectic readership. About half of our readers seem to be 5 to 14 years old and the other half to be 17 and up. In other words, everyone but the quote unquote average reader. And one of the truly incredible things about this book is just how devoted everyone is working on it. Neither Kelly nor Darren nor I have ever met Mike or Rick B. And Rick and Mike have only met a few times. Unfortunately, Darren and I work in the same building with Rick T., but you can't win them all, which may be a good thing. Kelly once uh, pointed out that if we were all to get together in the same room, it would probably explode from all the mutual admiration. Whenever a new issue comes out, the phone conversations are usually something like, Man, I thought the story was really lousy when I wrote it, but Mike made it look incredible. Oh, no, I just drew what Kelly wrote. And besides, uh, Rick and Rick are the ones who made uh, everything look good. And they'll be like, oh, are you kidding me? Stuff that Mike draws. He's like doing stuff that no one else in the industry is doing right now. I'm just along for the ride. And I'll tell you, it certainly doesn't hurt to have the perfect colorist on every book. I think everyone is just having way too much fun. When's Batgirl coming back? i i thought that letter was particularly great because not only was it talking about the diverse people who are uh pulling in this book but 
also that the team knows that they're making something special. And I've been a part of books like that where everyone on board is like firing on all cylinders. You know, it's a special thing and you've like made enough comics that you're like, this isn't the paycheck. This is the passion. Like this is this is one that's like you you want to like take this lightning and bottle it like um, Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye. That was one of those books for me. Love, you those know, books. where it, where it's like it's like everyone is doing so much cool shit that you're just like. This is this is why I'm doing comic books. This is this is it. This is why I'm not like coloring like uh, CGI models for video games instead, because that would be more lucrative. But like but like the reason I do comics is for like these moments, these books where it's like it all comes together and it's just like we've made something really special, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And and it and it's great to uh I think I think this letter column really really kind of hit home for me like exactly why every single week like the Batman adventure books are like my favorite ones and what I, and I truly do like like them like a great great deal. I think if anyone it pr- probably tracks my like to read pile and like how I'm like always like Mr. Indie man over here. <laughs> you know, most of the time with my reading taste, but, uh, I, I, I truly do try to read like everything. Um, and I do love a really good superhero book. And like I've been saying like adventure yeah. books, but like, it's just so great to see though, this book that, uh, are made by people just like me. And it's not, I, and I don't mean to say just like me in the sense of, Obviously, they they love comic books, you know, because they they work in comic books. But sure, you know, you you get to work in comic books or you work in movies or something, and you know, you reach your thirties and like, yeah, you're happy, you have a career, but you're just kind of burnt out, and you're like, God, I don't know. You know, you can get disillusioned like really easily. You know, yeah. you can get that like really like pure love for it like beaten out of you. You know, just by the world, and yeah. um, it's really cool to see that like the entire team like at least in this book and at least when they're producing it, like if they have any of that, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. They don't, they just, it's just for the love of comic books. And whenever I see people who love comic books like that much, like that's why like I'll always respect the hell out of Neil Gaiman for a few other things too. But like for like the dude loves comic books, like he, you know, became international best-selling author, had no need, no need. He could abandon comics very easily and be very successful. Yeah, those yeah, those comic book paychecks mean nothing to him now monetarily. Like yeah, anytime he yeah. writes a book for for whatever like he's he's taken a pay cut from what he usually gets and yeah. he he does it cuz he loves it. it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like and I'm like, "Oh man. Oh man, that's great. It's just so so cool to see uh people do that." And I and I think like everyone working on this book feels the same way and it's great to see it uh, have that it obviously has that impact on people yeah you, you know and like the other yeah, thing yeah the other thing that i thought was kind of funny about that uh is that they would talk on the phone with each other <laughs> which like is i've worked on a lot of books it's email only baby <laughs> well i i rarely am i chatting on the phone and if i am chatting on the phone it's usually because there's a big fucking problem <laughs> Yeah. Can I hit you with the uh, next issue stinger? Yeah, yeah, sting me. 
because you demanded it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, folks of all ages, issue 12 was such a smash that Batgirl will once again be swinging through these pages. She and Robin are on the same case and a collision course. It's all in Batgirl and Robin go to Washington by Kelly, Mike, Rick, Rick and Richard. See you then. Hmm. I'm stoked. I'm pumped. I'm yeah, pumped. Yeah. Always happy Sounds for like more Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny, too, that he's like, oh, yeah, everybody loved issue 12 because of Batgirl. When it's like the first appearance of Harley Quinn, too. I thought that was kind of yeah. cute. <laughs> well, now, now I'm looking now I'm looking forward to um, to judging to judging again, because I read the first uh, Batgirl. You know, she she appeared before we read the holiday issue. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking forward to judging um, at how 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 much of a how chaste. Uh, Mike Proverbeck is going to be drawing Batgirl versus just how s- superbly horny Bruce Tim <laughs> draws Batgirl. Uh, Bruce Tim never change, never Fuck ever no, change. Man. Fuck no! Give me all those pinups. I will get it tattooed on my neck. <laughs> uh, I I do want to leave uh, close this uh, Batman Adventures section with uh, one note: the letterer changed um, from uh, Tim to uh, Richard Starkings. He is uh, a guy who's pretty famous for lettering. He runs a site called Comic Craft. They sell uh, packs of fonts and stuff. Like he is he's one of the first. He's one yeah, of the first of to the, digitally, uh, yes. to g- digitally do it. I think he was one of the first two to. Um, he would work with artists and have them uh, write out like the alphabet, and he would make a font based off of the artist's yeah, like yeah. handwriting. A real. Know? pioneer in the lettering medium yeah so just wanted to make a quick note of that uh this seems to be pretty early in his career uh i don't know if uh clearly his company comic craft is off the ground because he's using it in the credits section yeah but like i'm not sure if he's selling fonts yet or what kind of capacity that that has because this is 1994 so yeah i don't know if there's too much like you know buying and selling of digital items on the internet yet yeah i I don't know if he was selling fonts just yet but i know he was was like really he was highly in demand yeah um yeah Yeah. i think i think we we mentioned him on the show before because i mentioned uh when we were talking about the max yeah oh did he did he letter that he not only lettered the max but he had a very short-lived uh self-published comic book called armature that was he was this like weird little alien guy that like oh, he drew man. he, he I wrote didn't and know drew that. himself and huh. well it's in uh go through your issues of i, I forgot what it but it was like uh a backup in an issue of the max cuz sam key huh. being a you know it was just like yeah man here just like throw know, it in the, the throw it in the back. That's cool. You know, like yeah, a little, yeah. little ad, little, little, like, you know, five, five page or ish, uh, you know, it's of, of a, his new character. It's been a long time since I've read the max and, uh, maybe we should, maybe I should do a reread. Oh man, I should I got, too. I haven't read it in a while. I actually just digitized my whole collection and I realized I was missing one single issue because there's a savage dragon crossover and it fucked me up cause it's the same number. So it's like, savage dragon oh. with the max on the front and it's the same number and i have that issue but i don't have the max issue that goes with it oh shit you yeah, have the so half I gotta, I gotta track that down yeah i got the half uh i not only do i have the half i have the i have the half i have darker image and i have the max number one and they're all signed by sam keith 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. Speaking of other comics, Jason, you want to figure out what we're what's in the to read pile? Yes. Yes. It's been it's been it's, it's been uh, about three weeks since our last regular episode. So I, I assume you brought something. You've read something in those three weeks. I have read a couple of things, but uh, neither of them are currently finished. So I, I have failed at the challenge that I set down. <laughs> this is week one, Jason, after the it challenge. Is. It is. But well. Cool. Real quick, I, I just want to um, talk about, uh, so recently the uh, Sight and Sound, I don't even know who they are, but Sight and Sound released their uh, 100 Greatest Films of All Time, and it was, you know, voted on by a bunch of different, like, you know, like directors and, you know, film industry people and critics, and uh, the Criterion channel, which I got again, uh, pretty much has all of them, you yeah. know, and you can just click, like, on the list, and I was going through them the other day, and I hadn't seen this movie in a long, long time. In the Mood for Love. Holy shit. Oh. Everyone see In the Mood for Love. It's uh, a Hong Kong movie that came out in 2000. Um, Man. It, I, it's about. So it's can it's, I anecdotally. It's, it's just so. I don't want to say too much about it. Uh, I just want everyone to. Put, just please, please watch in, in the Mood for Love. <laughs> so. I haven't seen In the Mood for Love. However. It was recommended to me by uh a, an artist who was like hey if you want to step up your color you should watch in the mood for love oh yeah any 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 of this person's films yes but in the mood for love oh yeah and 2046 and oh yeah yeah, but, yeah they were like check all that stuff out it'll really up your color game make you think about color in different ways uh oh yeah so it's been on Could, my it's been on my backlog forever like i just i don't end up watching a lot of movies i don't know uh i swear i'll have a, a book and uh likely a comic <laughs> book uh it, next week let me let me hit you with uh what, something i read over break um yeah i was gonna say you, you read, actually you you actually did the assignment. I'm the poor student. Over I mean, here again. Ki- Jason, kind of kind <laughs> like I, I went with intentions of reading like a pile of books over this holiday break. And what I did was play a fuck ton of Fire Emblem instead. So I support that. Uh, I read uh, Bad Weekend by uh, <gasps> Rubaker and Phillips. Uh I had no idea what I was getting in for. Uh, a lot of their stuff now, I just kind of like. I just buy it because I know it's going to be good. And I'm like, <laughs> when I get it, when I get around to it, I'm sure it'll blow my mind. And it blew my mind. It was very, very good. I thought I was in for some sort of crime book because they're famously uh, uh, the duo that did ki- Killer Be Killed or Criminal. And it's this kind is of like a crime book. It's like crime adjacent, like. Yeah, it's there's no real like heists happening. There's no real like street level crime stuff, but it's it's about a. Older cartoonist who's kind of like this old curmudgeon, and it's about this guy who was an assistant for him and like uh, the so the guy knows what he's getting into with this guy with this older cartoonist who's kind of an asshole and like. The older cartoonist is trying to recover this page 
that went missing of comic strips that he did when he was an assistant way back in the day that were like kind of like I don't want to give too much of it away, but like it's about the antics from there and like what these what this page actually represents and what it means um, to both people. Uh, It's a beautiful book. Please go buy it. (laughs) He uses well that uh, was it the it was the Harvey Kurtzman line. um, The comic books will break your heart. I think that's isn't that um, Kirby? Didn't Kirby say that? Hold I was attributing it to Kurtzman in my head. We uh, we, we got to get to the bottom of this. I'll go on the internet where no one lies. Uh, it was Kirby. Oh, it was Kirby. Okay. So okay. Comics Beat Reporting says, did Jack Kirby really say comics will break your heart, kid? He looked at uh, a guy's work and gave him a free piece of advice. He said, kid, you're one of the best, but put your work work in galleries. Uh, Don't do comics. Comics will break your heart. That is the full quote, which I think mainstream gallery work will also crush you, (laughs) probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be but, to be know. a part of like rich people laundering money, basically, it's like yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, pays a lot better than comic books, at least. Yeah, maybe, maybe. if you can make it. You if know. you can get there, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. If you, can, if you can, if you can make it, if you make it in comic books, you're like, I can afford rent. <laughs> Jason, please. It's too real. It's too real. <laughs> Hey, man, that's why I move furniture all, all day. Right? <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks uh, so much for listening. Anybody who ever listens, truly. I, thank you. I, I, I've been pulling away from Twitter uh, more and more and also Instagram. I haven't posted there in a long time. I think I've been kind of Twitter kind of crumbling has made me realize that maybe I don't need a lot of social media in my life. Maybe. So, uh, but I am still, uh, I still run discord. That is really the best place to to get in touch with me. If you're into the show, you want to talk about Batman. There is a world's finest pod channel in my discord, uh, on my discord server. You can find the discord link on, uh, my link tree, linktree.com slash Nick Phil. I'll start hanging out there. I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should hang out there. We talk about comics. uh, We also beyond world's second finest because not a lot of people i usually just post when an episode's live but beyond that a lot of people talking about comics and how they're made and what's going on and what they're reading uh our our good friend uh my buddy uh ziggy usually posts whatever he's picking up and reading which is usually pretty interesting so yeah good come hang out otherwise otherwise i'm at nick phil on twitter and the show is at world's second finest on twitter with a two that's world's two nd finest uh jason if people want to get in touch with you i am still on twitter because it's awful but it's hilarious and i'm at (laughs) king (laughs) i'm i'm at king of black acid but 
my my handle is just my name, but yeah, yeah. at King of Black Acid on the Twitter. Uh, I every once in a while I duck back into Twitter and I'm like, is it getting worse or is it getting better? And it kind of seems like it's in this. It's like Jason. It's like you know when you like are running and you trip, but you don't fall and you keep moving. You're kind of falling the entire time. That's what Twitter feels like right now. It, uh, it keeps pulling me back in because it's now instead of like it being exciting once every other day, it's still exciting once every other day. But I get to see shit like Elon Musk becomes first person to lose two hundred billion dollars. Oh, like, very oh, satisfying. God, this is very just going to keep me coming back. This is going to keep me coming back to it. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Oh, thanks for listening. One thing that kind of that kind of threw me. And I don't know if huh. this is if Raish has this in the comics, but not in the animated series, but he has like this crazy cool medallion. Oh, and yeah, he's got some like symbols and it kind of looks like almost like a if Doom got electric powers or something. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. You, uh, Nick, are you going to want to are you going to want to edit this out and maybe like start writing a pitch? Oh, if Doom got electric powers? Yeah. No, I think that's just Doom 2099. I think I think it's been done. Well, no, see, that's... Well, because your real goal is to reboot 2099. That's, that's your way in. That's the way That's in. your way... Like you, you just, that's you the just Trojan horse. Well, yeah, and you, and you give it a name and you go, oh, guys... Oh, man, and, and, could and you, you say, imagine? And you say Marvel, you say Marvel, uh, and the title of the book will be Doctor Doom, but with electric powers, and yeah, someone okay. will go, You're, "Isn't that yeah. Doom 2099?" And you'd be like, You're like, "Well, I mean, if there's already a name for it, I guess we could just use that." <laughs> I mean, if you already got it kicking around, you know, like, yeah, I guess I, I th- could like re- thought, retool my idea a little bit to fit. You know, I thought you were gonna be like, "Isn't that just Doom 2099?" And you're like, "You're goddamn right." I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know if he has electric. There's a lot of electricity on all the covers. I don't know if he has electric powers in 2099. Um, I. uh Man, could you imagine if we're probably not going to be around for actual 2099, but yeah, no, no. But could you imagine if like the lead up to the actual year 2099, Marvel starts to just shift everything, like spends 10 years slowly shifting their entire line over to like the 2099 universe. That would be so good, Jason. That's a free idea. They can have it. I'll be long dead, but I will love it. I I think oh, better idea. And this is, I think, more indicative of Marvel. Uh, at that point, Marvel will have uh, declared for bankruptcy five more times. Sure, sure. And uh, their fifth time out of bankruptcy, they'll be like, OK, uh, no one is now left alive that remembers these <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> So we're just going to pretend they're brand new (laughs) and, and, and it will, and this prediction also depends on uh, the real world 2099 somehow looking a lot like the comic books 2099, (laughs) you know, like it's somehow just the same, like they all have to dovetail together. We all need to, we need to just tip of the spear, get humanity on board with 2099 is the new lifestyle we're we're trying to achieve 
Nick, you know, you know what we should start doing. You, you What's and, that? and you're the bigger 2099 fan than me, so you're gonna have to help me out with this. Uh, we should get a glossary of all all of like the made up like slang and uh, curse words like that they used for like the future, like they do just in every start, futuristic story. Just start story. folding them into the podcast. I like. What you're oh thinking. hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. See, see if you can catch it, and if you can catch it, you'll win a prize. And that prize is nothing because not because I'm poor. I'm not. I'm very rich. I'm just really greedy, and I don't like people. But you know, <laughs> the prize is silently thinking to yourself. Man, twenty ninety nine, and that's it. That's the whole prize. You, you know what? That's that's a perfect prize. That's a better prize than I could ever come up with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a, in a in a work context, I get that, but but I also like understand now that I think with like n- maybe not even the younger generation, probably people my age who yeah, their their job they don't talk on the phone at all, and so if the phone rings, they like have a panic attack. <laughs> like, yeah, I what? do. Do you remember? What? Um, this was like forever ago. You, me, and uh, our buddy Brian Brennan were playing some pinball. I don't know if I'm gonna cut this. I might cut this. We were gonna go oh, play yeah, some pinball. Oh yeah, yeah. And th- Thanksgiving. Yeah, you guys were up for Thanksgiving. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were gonna go to this pinball bar, and then uh, we wanted to get something to eat. And uh, Brian was like, "I'm just gonna like go on Yelp and check some reviews because it was an area we were unfamiliar with." And uh. I just called the pinball place and I was like, hey, where do you get lunch? And they were like, oh, at this place over here. And I was like, cool, thanks. And Brian was <laughs> like, it like broke his brain. He was like, I would have never, never <laughs> thought to communicate to another individual. <laughs> I forgot that that's when that happened. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do remember that day. And that, and that day also had, I mean, I can't eat pork anymore, but that day also had a, a, a wonderful soupy run where I think yeah. Brian dropped about $200 on soupy. I mean, he was buying, <laughs> he was buying some of it for other people, but even yes. he admitted that most of it was did for I him. Tell you, well, did I tell you that, that like, so that was Thanksgiving. I bought some soup. I bought a bunch of soupy and then I brought it down to Florida for Thanksgiving or not for Thanksgiving for Christmas Eve. Uh, my wife's parents put together a huge celebration every Christmas Eve that they, you know, invite a bunch of people over. And I brought the soupy because I was like, you know, it's got to get eaten. And and so, you know, cut it up. Cured meats. Did, did the thing. Yeah, exactly. Put it on a plate. Done deal. Everybody, everybody will drink and eat cured meats. And then one person there, it was a friend of my wife's brother, his girlfriend was like is this fucking soupy and i was like i was like you know what soupy is and she was like dude i'm from where was it like like uh Uh, warwick i think i don't think it it wasn't warwick i'm not westerly maybe it begins with a w Uh, yeah she was like dude i'm from westerly and i was like well I was just there and this is soupy from there. Here you go. And I I was like, I got another stick of it if you want it. It's all yours. And she was like, really? She was like, you know, it's <laughs> like it's totally jazzed. So oh, that man. soupy, that soupy made someone's day. So you, you know, know what? You know what? I'm not I'm not gonna give out my phone number or Nick's phone number, but call in to the show and tell us your favorite regional uh, meats. <laughs> I I need more regional meat in my life, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just oh, I just want to know about it. I don't, I don't even. I just I just want to know. You know, I just want to live in that world.